This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Stay tuned and visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org. Um, we're in Romans chapter 8. If you have a Bible you want to turn there, we'll have all the scriptures up on the screen as well uh, in case you either didn't bring a Bible or um, not able to find it, what, what have you. Uh, we want you to be able to read along with us. In the past seven weeks, we've been in the series, A Matter of Life and Death, going through a remarkable section of Scripture that has taught us a lot about this incredible life that God, by His grace, has given to you and me in Christ. And as we, as we wrap up this series today and next Sunday, next Sunday we'll finish the series, finishing out chapter 8, uh, here's one thing I'd like for you to do. I'd like some feedback from you, comment, whether you send it to me in an email at Church, rick at nagsheadchurch.org, or you, you send it, put it on our blog, either way. Uh, but I would like to, to hear about any discoveries in the last seven, eight weeks of this, nine weeks of this series as a, a total, uh, discoveries that you've made, whether they be theological or practical, and by that I mean whether they've helped you understand this amazing relationship with God or whether they've helped you make a step or two toward living this new life free from the past. Uh, So many of you have come up to me and said, man, that's what I needed to hear. And I'd like to hear some feedback from you about it and so I can rejoice with you. Uh, Last Sunday, uh, in the closing verses of chapter 7, the Apostle Paul just opened himself up to us, got real personal and transparent and shared with us his own personal exasperation. Anybody ever feel exasperated about something? Paul shared his own personal exasperation about his inability to live the Christian life and about his seeming that he said, I have this ability, this, this propensity uh, that drives me, it seems, to do the wrong things when I know the right thing to do. And we listen to Paul as he shared that in chapter 7. And, uh, and you know, he said this, this saint of saints, the Apostle Paul, you know, he pretty much said this, I am just so tired in my life of messing up. And we sat here and we read that and we said, Paul, we can feel your pain. We know exactly what you're talking about. We experience that same thing as well. But then before he finished out the chapter, which seemed to be so sad, man, Paul's just saying, I, I can't ever get it right, it seems. He said, but, but, get this. I know the answer. And the answer is found in Christ Jesus. He's made the way for me to live this life. It's found wrapped up in him. Now, today in chapter 8, he's going to say, and here's why you can be confident that God has made this new life possible for you and me to live each and every day. Here's what I meant, Paul's going to tell us, by, by saying that what Christ has done has given us the power to allow us to be free from being dominated by sin, and especially by those sins that we seem to repeat over and over and over again. Keep in mind, however, that if you and I who are believers in Christ are going to live with this confidence, we need to understand, I can't find, can't find this ability in myself. I can't manufacture this on my own. It's not in me. And so what I want to do this morning is take the first 17 verses of chapter 8 and break them down into, into eight, eight things that, that give us confidence, that God has said, that, that Paul has written down here, that the Bible tells us, 
eight things that you as a Christian can be confident in, all right? Number one, as a Christian, if you have your notes, jot this down. As a Christian, number one, I can be confident that my past is wiped clean. My past is wiped clean. I can be confident my past is wiped clean. Look with me at verse one, Romans chapter eight, verse one. Let's read it out loud together. The words are are up on the screen for you. Read it with me. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, you all are a much quicker group than the people that were here at 9 o'clock. I can tell by looking at you. They just, I asked this next question, and I got no response from them. I was amazed. And uh, you've had plenty of time to drink lots of coffee. When does Paul say this takes place? Oh, thank you. God bless you, sir. I heard a now from a male voice. Amen. You get to stay extra and hear three more sermons today, all right? So. Paul says now. See, is that word up there? Now, not tomorrow, not when I get to heaven. Paul says when? Now there is no condemnation. We've been put into a union with Christ, you and I who are believers in him, and we are in him. We belong, it says there, to him by God because of our faith in him. Because our sin, and this, this is kind of reviewing some things we've already talked about, because our sin was judged in Christ as he died for us, because it was our sin, my sin, not his, that condemned him to death, and because he satisfied the requirement of the law, the Ten Commandments and, and the Old Testament law, he satisfied the requirement and said, hey, you want to go to heaven? Be perfect. And we said, we can't do that. But Jesus satisfied that requirement and the requirement was that if you break the law, you have to die. Jesus satisfied that requirement. We are free from guilt and free from condemnation. So I want you to get this this morning. This may be what you came for today. Because a lot of people live with guilt from their past. People who have trusted Jesus, have been born again, have, and, and have this new life, they still allow the guilt from their past to keep them down and keep them from being all God wants them to be. Please, if you need to jot this down, please do so. But I think this is so important. If Jesus is your Savior, you will never, ever, ever be judged for your sin because Christ was judged for you. Can I say that again? You will never ever, ever be judged for your sin. God has pronounced you not guilty because your sin was placed on Jesus on the cross. I heard this morning as I was driving to church and I was listening to the radio, that great old song, It Is Well With My Soul was being sung. It's this great duet singing this song. And there's that one phrase in there, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it talks about how, how the sin was something that I bore on myself, but I, it says in my sin, I bear it no more. Why? Because Jesus bore it on the cross. You will never, ever, ever be judged for your sin. The word condemnation in this verse means punishment. There's now, now no punishment for those who are in Christ. Why? We can't be punished because God declared us not guilty. The judge doesn't wrap his gavel on the desk in the courtroom and say not guilty, and then they take that person and throw him in prison. They throw him in jail. They say you're free to go. Because there's no punishment for you. You're not guilty. Paul would explain it this way to the Corinthian church. In another letter, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he said, Christ had no sin, but God, had, but God made him sin, become sin, 
so that in Christ we could become right with God. Christ had no sin. God made him become sin. Whose sin? My sin. Your sin. So that we could be right with God. And it's an amazing, amazing thought. Whatever has been in your past, it's been paid for, Christian, by Christ. It's been forgiven by God. You can be confident of that. Number two, you can be confident that you are free from sin's power, control, and domination of your life. In verses two and three, because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us. Why? Because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Was it because the law was weak? Because the law was imperfect? No, the law was good. But the law couldn't save us because we were incapable of keeping the law. So God did what the law could not do, and he sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. When you receive life in Christ, he gives you the life-giving Holy Spirit. And and we're going to see through this passage that he is the one who makes holiness possible in us. Let me stop and say, we're talking about the Holy Spirit here. And the Holy Spirit, if you ever hear somebody teach or preach and, and, and refer to the Holy Spirit as it, Would you just interrupt them and say that's wrong, all right? He is a person. He, the Holy Spirit, when he comes to live in you, he's given to you by Christ, and he makes holiness possible in us. He lives in us. The Bible says you're his temple. But that means you've got to give him control. You've got to do that over your body. The tense in the Greek language here that the New Testament was originally written in suggests that this is a once-for-all act of freedom, that he comes and he gives you this, this freedom. You belong to him. He has freed you once and for all from the power of sin. Paul says it's like the, we Americans are familiar with our Declaration of Independence. It's like God's signed this Declaration of Independence that freed you and me from an evil tyrant. You're free now, the Bible says. You don't have to wait for something extra to happen. But the question for us, Christian, for me and for you, that I have to answer every day is this. Okay, I'm free, but am I going to enjoy this freedom that Christ has given me today, or am I going to choose to wander back into slavery somehow, either back into sin, or as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, into legalism, or am I going to wander back into those things? I'm free from sin's power, control, and domination of my life. Number three, I'm confident that when God's spirit is in control, I have life and I have peace. That's one of the ways you know God's spirit's in control of your life. You have life, you're enjoying the life that God's given you, and you've got peace as well. Verse six, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Here's something that I've learned in my experience. I've learned it from reading the scripture. I've learned it from 44 years of being a Christian in my own experience. I've learned it from pastoring and and working with God's people for many, many years is that Christians are capable of, and we do make wrong turns in life, don't we? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of you have made a wrong turn? Because if you're honest, it's going to be just about every hand is going to go up, including mine. 
And when we do make a wrong turn, turn away from the way the Spirit is leading us, and we've taken control back from Him, when we do and we begin following those old desires of the flesh that we were freed from, but we go back to them. I love the graphic way the Bible says something. You know, sometimes there's a scripture, I think it's in the Old Testament, and it says this. As a dog returns to its vomit. Have you ever read that in the scripture? You ever see a dog do that? Have you ever seen a dog do that? And that is disgusting. One of the many disgusting things dogs do. But that is disgusting. And the, but the Bible says that's what it's like when a Christian who's been freed from that stuff goes back into it. We can do that. And when we do, we follow the desires of the flesh rather than follow the spirit. The result is that those desires and those passions produce death in our lives. We are, listen to me, we are not exempt from the consequences of sin in this life. I've been freed from sin. I've been given eternal life, and that's a promise from God. I've been pronounced not guilty. But when I get involved in sin... As a believer, its consequences in my life right now are death. Even though the eternal penalty has been paid for by sin. Paul told the Christians in in the Galatian churches, chapter 5, verse 17, he said the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. They are opposite. They are opposed. They are contrasting. They are... one end and the other end. Got an example. Okay, here's an example. What happens in a marriage between two Christian people when a third party comes into play in that marriage? And by third party, that could be a person, that could be a career, could be a hobby, could be a fantasy, could be any number of things. But what happens in a Christian marriage when a third party who doesn't belong comes into play? That marriage begins to die. That marriage begins to suffer. That marriage becomes diseased. It is possible for you and I who have had our sins forgiven by Christ and have been given new life, it is possible for us to turn away from that life back to and experience the old life that leads to death instead of living the abundant life that God wants to give us right now, the life that we could be living. And it happens far too often. Paul told the Corinthian church, a church made of Christian people like you and me, saved, born-again people, that because they were giving into their old sin natures, he said, you know what? I love how Paul is just, he doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't tippy-toe around things. You know, Paul, was, Paul just said, let me just say it like it is. And he writes this letter in, in 1 Corinthians. He writes them to these people, and he said, here's the deal. You people, you, you, you Christians, are resembling non-Christians more than you resemble Christ's followers. Look what he said to them in chapter 3, verse 3 of 1 Corinthians. He said, for you're still controlled by your sinful nature. Stop right there. What he's saying, you shouldn't be. This is not right, but you are. You're jealous of one another. Is that a sign I might be controlled by my sinful nature? Jealousy? Apparently so. You quarrel with one another. Not in the church. 
think they must have been Baptists. You quarrel with one another. He said that's an example of your, of your sinful nature coming out. Doesn't that prove that you're controlled by your sinful nature? And the answer to that question is what? Yes, it does. And then he says to them, aren't you living like people of the world? Shame. on You don't have to live that way. So my question this morning for us is this. Who are you giving control of your mind and your life, your passions, to every single day? Who has control of you right this, this moment? Well, I'm in church. Must be Jesus. Maybe. Number four, I can be confident that my body houses the Holy Spirit. Look with me at verse 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature, you Roman Christians. No, you are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And by the way, that word if there is that word in Greek I told you about before that oftentimes it can be translated either if or it can be translated since. So let's put since, since. You're controlled by the Spirit since you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them don't belong to him at all. My body houses the Spirit. One of the things that happened to you when you trusted Christ, you didn't feel this, there was no electric charge that went through you. Your hair didn't stand on end when this happened. One of the things that happened to you when you trusted Christ is that the Holy Spirit came to live in you the moment you believed. The Bible says this, John writes this in 1 John, he says, and we know he, speaking of Jesus, lives in us. How do we know that? Because the spirit he gave us lives in us. We know he lives in us because his spirit lives in us. That is God's promise to you. And here's what that means. You know, what does that mean, Rick? Well, this morning, maybe, maybe for you, what you need to hear from that is this, that God's spirit lives in me and came to live in me the very moment I trusted Christ as my Savior means this, I will never be alone. I will never be alone. I will never be abandoned. God's Spirit lives in me. And you don't have to wait for him to come on you. You don't have to pray for a special baptism or an anointing. He automatically comes, the Bible tells us, to reside in us the very moment that you're reborn by faith. And in a moment, we're going to see why he comes to live in us. But Paul says, but let me tell you something else that you can be confident in as a Christian about this life. Number five, you can be confident that you'll be resurrected from the grave. You'll be confident you'll be resurrected from the grave. Verse 10 and 11, and Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, everybody, we're going to die physically, and we die because of sin, and it's ravages on our body. We age, we get, you know, we begin to fall apart, and we get disease, and, and all those kind of things. That's all the result of sin. Your body's going to die because of sin, but the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. He said, now understand this. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The same Spirit that raised Jesus out of the grave lives in you 
and me. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Resurrection. We talked a few weeks ago about redemption. Resurrection is God's final act of redemption for us. When you die, what happens is that as a Christian, you go on to be with the Lord at that moment. No soul sleep, no limbo, no purgatory. If Jesus is your Savior, immediately your spirit goes to be with God. Paul told the Christians in 2 Corinthians 5.8, yes, we are fully confident. And we would rather be away from these earthly bodies For then, when we're away from these earthly bodies, where are we? We will be at home with the Lord. So if you're a believer in Jesus, when you die, when I die because of Christ, we go to heaven. If you're not a believer in Jesus, the Bible says you go to hell. But for the Christian, there is a resurrection coming when God will supernaturally, just as he did Jesus in the grave three days after he died on Easter, God will supernaturally raise and renew your body and reunite it with your spirit. It's going to happen to us all at one time, by the way, all over this world. Be a cool place to hang out in a cemetery that day and just watch. And that's the ultimate answer, really, Paul says, to our battle daily with sin. It's this, but please, here's the confidence you're going to a place where sin is non-existent. One day, this battle will be over. One day, you won't deal with temptation. Number five, I'll be resurrected from the grave. Number six, I have the ability to choose who has control over me. Be confident that God has given you this ability as a great parent that he is, the perfect parent. As we do as parents, as our children mature, we give them Choices. Now you can make this choice. You know, when they're little, they have no choice. No, you're going to sit in the car seat. We're going to strap you in. You have no choice over that. You know, when they get older, then we let them choose. No, we don't. We say you still put that seatbelt on. Now, God gives us the ability. Look at verses 12 through 14. Therefore, our dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You don't have to do those things. And we talked about that last week with temptation and so forth. For if you live by its dictates, the sinful nature, you do what it says, you'll die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature. By the power of the Spirit... You'll live for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. If you'll picture this is an easy way for me to understand it. Pastor Steve wanted to know why I'm not singing a song this morning that goes with this. And there's good reasons for that. Um, But if, if you will picture that in your life, and this helps me understand this control of my life, you are, 